Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 37 of Musical Connections. Zack Snow back with you once again for another week, and we got another great pod coming up for this week. On Next to Connect, we're going to be talking to singer-songwriter Rachel Cousins. And we talked to Rachel back in October when she was first shot for Pop and Solo Artist of the Year award wins at the Music NL Awards back in Cornerbrook. Of course, this year's Music NL Awards will be here in St. John's. I can't wait for that. I'll be going down there myself and uh, spending the week down there. So uh, it's going to be exciting times. Well, on Next to Connect this week, we're going to talk to Rachel all about her career in general, plus the albums that she made, her move to pop music, Daniel Adams, Kelly Loader, her battles with mental health, her uh, most recent album, Aura, and a whole lot more. We got a great conversation coming up on Next to Connect, and thank you to Rachel for being my guest this week. And we will get to that right after this week's newfound releases. And we kick it off with progressive metalcore band Area. Now, um, it consists of uh, Matt Bedard, Zach Roman, Paul St. John, and Alex Murphy. Now, Alex Murphy, you may be familiar with from the group This Day. This is his other project, and it's their first bit of music in two years. They released Dead Man Control in 2021, and the Dead Man Collection came out a few days ago. Right now, here's Area's brand new tune. This is The Guilt Trip on Newfound Releases.
that is area with the guilt trip on newfound releases we now go to pop artist alex duffy of course alex duffy is taking school up in ontario right now but he is born and bred here in newfoundland and labrador and uh he posted a really nice tiktok about wanting to do a concert uh and help support the easter seals and um hopefully that still comes to fruition alex i will support you all the way and i will support you all the way with your music as well here's his brand new tune now on newfound releases here's please tell lucy please tell lucy i'm leaving wait until the evening when i'm gone away I'm sorry, Mrs. Bradley It's not the way I planned it But I just can't stay I know, I know It's hard But I can't, I can't hold on Tell you, see, I'm leaving. 
Alex Duffy, and Please Tell Lucy on newfound releases. We now go to trad group The Islanders, and they have made some noise over the past couple of years. They released their album If the World Was From Newfoundland uh, a couple of years ago, and here's their brand new song. This is Kiss Me Like You Miss Me on newfound releases. I saw her standing there, her eyes they shone so bright, shine so bright, darling, shine so bright. I walked right up to her and they asked her for a dance. Come on and take a chance. She took my loving hand and we pranced out to the floor. Out to the floor, darling, out to the floor. Just about to finish when the band they played some more. Until the pain was on. If you kiss me like you miss me beneath these barroom lights, my legs will shake, the birds will sing, the whole world will be right. I assure you I'm okay, it's just my heart is taken flight. So kiss me like you miss me and hold each other tight. We ordered one more drink One last drink, darling, so I could take As we both knew it was time to go home But not to go home I laid down my glass and we made for the door Made for the door, darling, made for the door And then I received a verbal invite And out into the night Kiss me like you miss me beneath these barroom lights My legs will shake, the birds will sing, the whole world will be right I assure you I'm okay, it's just my heart's taking flight So kiss me like you miss me and we'll hold each other tight Now after twenty years, their eyes they still shine bright Shine so bright, don't shine so bright up to her tonight and ask her for a dance. Aren't you glad you took a chance? She'll take my loving hand like so many times before. And out to the floor, darling, out to the floor. But we're just about to finish the man and play some more until I feel her sore. Baby, kiss me like you miss me beneath these barroom lights. My legs will shake the birds. Sing the whole world will be right I assure you I'm okay It's just my heart's taking flight So kiss me like you miss me And we'll hold each other tight Kiss me like you miss me And we'll hold each other for you with Kiss Me Like You Miss Me on newfound releases. We now go to a previous contributor of this segment of the podcast, Balmy. Here's her second single from her upcoming full-length album set to come out in the fall. Here is The Darkest on newfound releases. (laughs) 
get like that Stuck in old photographs Out of reach Quiet, please how they say your name now Holding back tears and somehow Forced to speak It's a strange thing Leaves a mark That is Valmy with The Darkest on Newfound Releases. And we wrap up this week's Newfound Releases with uh, all-pop group with Violet. They dropped the first half of their new EP, Saturday Nights In, back on July the 31st. And um, Peter McDonald, also known as Pete, and Spencer Fitzgerald will be my guest on Next to Connect in a couple of weeks. That'll be dropping in about two weeks' time, actually. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to my social media to find out about Next to Connect and uh, some more promo about the interview. It's great to catch up with Pete and Spence, and uh, you'll enjoy this brand new song as well. Here's the first track that you'll hear on Saturday Nights In. This is Keep Up on Newfound Releases. (laughs) 
edition of newfound releases has come to a close if you want to contribute for this segment of the podcast send me a bio and production credits plus some press photos and most importantly the song and it's got to be in wave and mp3 form because i can't really accept spotify links it'll help me put the podcast together more smoothly so uh the email to do that is musical connections at gmail.com and it's now time for next to connect and this week we got rachel cousins we talked to her all about her brand new song, Helen High Water, plus the previous album she has released, like This Fire, her self-titled album, and Aura, her move to pop music, her uh, relationship with Daniel Adams, and her recent signing to Silly Cove Records. She's going to be working on a brand new album with two-time Grammy award-winning producer Greg Wells, who has been a guest on Next to Connect in the past, plus her battles with mental health. We cover all that and so much more on Next to Connect. So here is singer-songwriter Rachel Cousins. Welcome back. 
back to Musical Connections. Zack Snow back with you once again, and joining me right now, she has been a tour de force in the pop music genre and in the Newfoundland and Labrador music scene in general for almost a decade, releasing her first ever song at 15 years old. This singer-songwriter has released three great albums, and uh, This Fire came out in 2017. Her self-titled debut came out in 2019, which was her debut in the pop genre. And Aura, which uh, won her Solo Artist and Pop Artist of the Year, came out last year. And uh, with a recent signing to Silly Cove Records, getting the opportunity to work with two-time Grammy Award-winning producer Greg Wells, she is set to make even more noise in the year ahead. So joining me right now on the line, it is the one and the only Rachel Cousins. Welcome back to Musical Connections, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me again, Zach. And uh, again, we uh, said welcome back because we had you back in October when uh, you were fresh off your wins at the Music uh, NL Awards when you took home Solo and Pop Artist of the Year. Again, well-deserved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel that like you've taken home Pop Artist of the Year uh, so many times now. I think you've lost track of how many times you've taken that home. Yeah, I think it's a three-peat for me now, which is really, really, really exciting. It's very humbling. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you you definitely deserve it. And uh, I... I don't know if anybody said this to you, um, but um, when it comes to pop music, I think you're the standard bearer right now because when it comes to the music you put out, no one, I don't think anyone can touch you. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. That means a lot. And yeah, I, I really do mean that. I mean, um, when it comes to the standard, I think you're setting the bar right now. So great job and great Thanks. work. Now, um, first things first, let's get things uh, right out of the way. Um, how are things in your world right now, Rachel? Super busy. Um, I have a lot on the go in terms of just like shows and um, I, I'm i going out with Kelly Loader now tomorrow. So between my own shows and bouncing around, um, I'm, I'm pretty busy, but I'm also in writing and recording mode. Um, as you may know, mentioning Silly Cove, um, I have a good bit of music that I'm looking to release this summer, but then I'm right into album mode again, which will be like my main focus. So just trying to get everything done now before I'm right into album mode. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you've uh, played quite a bit with Kelly Loader and um, especially where Kelly's blown up in the last year. Um, Kelly has made you like a, a staple of, of the band that uh, whenever you guys play uh, here in Newfoundland, um, you're pretty much uh, backing vocals for like some of their biggest hits. So uh, it's great to see that. Yeah, Kelly's always been like a really great friend and a great supporter. So I'm like, I'm over the moon proud of them and all that they're doing. And um, the fact that they're you know, like humble enough and genuine enough to still have their friends play in that band instead of, you know, people that they could hire. It's just like, it's really, really lovely. And I don't even think they notice like how much it means, but it definitely still means a lot to me. And I love going on those trips with Kelly and just like being able to sing background vocals, no stress, no pressure. It's really, really like a great experience. Absolutely. Now I want to go back into your early days of music because um, what drew you to music in the first place? Yeah, I mean... I think that for some people, music is something that you're just like born into. Like you, you're just born with that Mm -hmm. love and that drive for music. Um, So literally like from the time I was a kid, from the time I was able to speak, I was just obsessed with being in front of a camera, um, always singing for whoever was in the house, just always like making up things and using my imagination and writing songs as soon as I was able to form sentences. Um, And my mom has like a binder just full of papers that I would just write these songs on as a kid. So it was all there for me. Um, it was always like a way of communication and expression for me. And then when my parents got me into musical theater and things like that, that's when I found my passion for being on stage and it just never went away really. And, uh, 
all those experiences that you've had throughout your life, uh, you developed a really great stage presence. Uh, when I've uh, seen you play live, I mean, you really command the stage when you're, you know, seeing your own original tunes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Now, of course, uh, you have written songs uh, since you were very young. Uh, what do you enjoy most about songwriting? I think what I enjoy most about songwriting, um, honestly, one thing that people don't really think about songwriting is that, like, you're able to write your truths and you're able to write your secrets and then you don't even need to keep it that way if you don't want to it's like makeup like you can do whatever you want but then you can take it off and like experimentation and like it just teaches you a lot about yourself in the songwriting process um i've no songwriting um session is the same they're all different and um yeah you just get to like have fun and and write a song and then maybe that's not what you want it to sound like anymore and then you just rewrite the whole thing i just think it's really fun and really interesting um like how songs are just brought into the world just from nothing. Like, I, I don't know. I find it really beautiful. I find it really exciting. And I find it, um, I find myself really lucky to have that be a part of my job. Absolutely. And uh, you've learned a lot more about songwriting when you've taken part in those uh, Bell Media songwriting challenges. And the first one that you take, took part in was uh, in 2016. So uh, what did you take away from uh, those experiences uh, being in the Bell Media songwriters challenge? I mean, I have written some of my favorite songs in those Bell Media challenges. Oh, wow. um, yeah, for sure. Like Aftermath was written during a Bell Media challenge. That's some of people's favorite single by me. Um, nice. Myself and Paige, Penny and Darcy had a really great year where we wrote Criticize, um, which was like it's now on Darcy's um, EP or album. So it's just really exciting. Like you never know what you're going into in a writing session. So um, things like that, like Bell Media's just writing with people that you've never written with before. It like forces you out of your comfort zone, which was something that I really needed a lot of growing up in the music industry was just like being pushed out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, those, those Bell Media, like Hope to Bring was written at a Bell Media challenge. So yeah, like you, you can bring a lot of great things out of those circles. And it's just like, literally you're there to, to make music together, which I think is, is really cool. And uh, you mentioned Paige Penny and uh, Darcy Scott. Uh, I think like those two, and especially yourself, and you look at Mackenzie Critch, that's just released her own songs as well. You're you're part of that next generation of artists, and I'll mention Nick Girl too because I'm wearing his shirt right now. Uh, by the time uh, that we're recording this, he released a new single called "The One of Them Looking For." Um, mm -hmm. You're a part of that collection now of musicians that are really like taking over uh, the Newfoundland and Labrador music scene, and really are the standard bearers for their genres right now, which uh, which is really great to see. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, my mom always says, like, when she was growing up, she was kicking around with like the Allen Doyles and the Corey Tetfords downtown St. John's, and that's who was playing, and they were like the the crowd and and the friends. And now it's like the me and the Nick Earl and and the Mackenzie Critches and the Darcy Scotts and the Page Pennies. Like, it's like all of us are like the new generation of music for Newfoundland, um, which is really cool. Like, we're all like doing the same things, and we're all just like figuring it out as we go. And all of us started from a really young age too, which I think is really cool. So. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool that, to know that, like, and especially, you know, for as long as I've been in the covering the music scene here, I've been covering it for about five years. Um, it's great to see you guys really, like, you know, we got really got to grow up with you in the Newfoundland and Labrador music scene and really follow your careers. And it's such a special thing mm -hmm. to see, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I know that, like, I've definitely grown up, um, like, in the music industry. And I know that there's, like, have been eyes on me since I was, um, like, starting in it all. So I find it really cool, like, when people come up to me and they say, I've been, I've been watching or following you since you, like, put out your first single. 
Um, I'm like a totally different human now. So I just find it really interesting. Like not only are people growing with me as a person, but growing with my music and, and seeing all the differences in myself and my music, I find it really, really interesting. And I think that's why like support just means so, so much to me because I know that these people are literally watching me grow up and find myself, which I think is so cool. Absolutely. Now, um, I want to go back to a moment of your first time really on screen in general. Um, you uh, were nine years old and uh, you took part in an NL tourism commercial. So how did that opportunity come up in the first place? Yeah. So like I said, I was a kid who was just like so involved in musical theater. I loved doing any castings that I could for commercials or whatever it may be. Um, and my mom has always been like literally my momager and has always been so supportive and been finding places for me to go and and showcase my talent. Um, so it literally came. Um, there was a casting director who was always like so, so good to me, Maggie Kylie, who's who's from St. John's as well. Um, and she does a lot of casting for stuff here. And I remember that my mom found that casting and we just showed up that day. Um, and then I got like to be a part of that um, commercial which was, I don't think I, I mean, obviously, I didn't realize at the time how big of a deal that was. I just had the most fun of my life going to Fogo and just being a part of this commercial and and getting like the superstar treatment for the first time. I just found it, it was so exciting to me. Um, but it wasn't until years later when I would like sit on a plane and then the commercial would play or like, you know, something like that would happen. And I'm like, yes. oh, wow, that's crazy. I'm like, that's <laughs> me when I was a kid, you know, like th those moments are when you realize like, it's actually really crazy. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, you, like back when you were nine years old, you didn't know at the time it was like, oh, I'm just a nine year old girl just going through Fogo. And, and about yep. like years later, uh, you're like 15 or 16 at the time. Um, it's like, hey, look at me. I was in the commercial like, like yeah. six or seven years ago. It's just crazy to believe. And uh, yeah, 100%. Now, um, you released your first ever single, July, back in uh, 2016. That was your first official single. Of course, uh, you released that in, like, demo form uh, earlier on. But you didn't really release it until late 2016. And that was uh, your first song and also your first music video came out as well with that. So mm -hmm. uh, what was that feeling like to have your own music out and your own music video out to go with it? Um, I was really, really, really terrified when I first started releasing music. I think a lot of us are like, that's just me being oh, yeah. so transparent. I was, I was terrified. I was so nervous of like the public's perception. Um, you know, I was still young. That was like the point when I was just like really coming into myself and my body and I was insecure and just fresh out of like a whole bullying thing. So when I released it, I remember being so nervous about what people were going to think, what they were going to say. Um, but that stopped pretty quickly when you know people started like oh my gosh this song is so good this music video is beautiful um i it just like made me realize that i was capable i guess and that that i could do this and that maybe this was my calling so i just never stopped um as nervous as it made me as scared as i was i just never stopped um and then it just got more comfortable i still get nervous releasing music but you just get more comfortable with it because um you understand that like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve putting music out but there's always going to be at least one person that receives it. And that's all that really matters. Like I love what I release and that's what matters to me, you know? So yeah, yeah absolutely. And you mentioned uh, that you were bullied uh, throughout a uh, elementary and uh, middle school, of course. Uh, and you know what the best thing about, you know, like um, coming out of that is when they're listening to your music and you're saying, Oh, that's great stuff. And said like, Hey, I bullied you way back in the day. And then you're listening to your stuff. They're just like, Hey, listen, I won in the end, not you. Oh my gosh, it doesn't ever happen. I know that like the people that ridiculed me for who I was in junior high are, they literally watch my interviews or they like listen to my songs and stuff. So I know that they're listening and I, um, 
I don't hold like any grudge or any negativity towards people that hurt me because I know that hurt people hurt people. Um, and that just came from growth myself and my healing journey. Um, but I know that, that they're listening and I know that they understand what they did to me and stuff like that. And, um, that's for them to stay in, not for me to stay in. So. Absolutely. And that's a great mindset to have. Hmm. Now, um, one of the things that you were really involved with, of course, with your history in musical theater was our divas do Christmas. Of course, that's held up by Tada Vince and, uh, Sheila Guy Murphy, uh, is one of the, uh, main, uh, drive drivers of, of that, uh, of that show. So how did you get involved with them? Oh my goodness. Um, I, so once you're in the musical theater scene, it's just kind of the thing where you show up to castings the same way. I, I literally auditioned for so many musicals, um, as a young girl. And I don't know how old I was when I started divas. I was really young though. And I remember auditioning for the children's chorus and I got in the children's chorus and then I never stopped doing diva. I think I did divas for like six years. Um, and then it finally got to the point when I was like, I had outgrown the children's choir. Um, and Terry, who was literally like a, a maternal mother figure to me growing up, um, like doing divas. I mean, it's an every Christmas thing. Like I was spending these Christmases with these people doing divas and with Terry. Um, so like it is very much so like a Christmas memory for me. I remember after COVID not getting to do divas because they had to limit the cast. I was oh, yeah. so heartbroken just because it's such a like Christmas necessity for me. Yeah. Um, but then when I released um, In the Snow, my first Christmas song, um, I played it for Terry. And then she asked me to sing that like on the diva show. Oh, wow. And that was that was like a huge moment for me because I had grown up doing the children's chorus. And then I got to be like I had I got to sing my own original song. Um, with the full band for Divas in this beautiful white dress. It was like a dream come true. Truly, it was a dream come true. So, yeah, Divas has always been, like, Terry's so good to me, and they're so supportive. And, um, yeah, I really miss Divas. I hope to get back to it, like, in a few Christmases, if not this Christmas. <laughs> I certainly hope so, too, because I would, uh, I, I I haven't gone to any of those shows, but uh, if I would, I would definitely go and, uh, you know, see you, you know, kill it on stage, because um, that has been really been an important part of your life and would still be yeah, today if sure. you're still involved. Mm-hmm. Now, um, of course, uh, one of the interesting things that I found out by when I uh, coming up with questions for this conversation here, um, you uh, took part in a TED plus you talk for uh, 2016. And uh, that was a pretty interesting uh, moment there for you. Uh, how did you get involved with that? Yeah, um, I remember um, some of the TEDx people were like reaching out when they were doing shows in St. John's. Um, and I think it was just another one of those things that my mom was like, Oh, we got to jump on this. Like we got to do something. So I remember mom set that all up. I I think that gig, I remember how nervous I was for that because I was talking about like mental health and, and the importance of that and like songwriting. And, and then I sang original songs. I was so nervous for that show, but it was so, it was so cool. Like, I mean, doing anything like I love Ted talks. So doing anything like that was, was really, really exciting. So yeah, that was, I hope to do another one like those soon, because of course I talk about mental health and stuff now, like as a part of my career. So it'd be really cool to do another one of those now that I'm so comfortable, like with speaking and stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you've come out with some pretty rough experiences and we're actually going to go to mental health right now because um, you actually had to stay in hospital in, uh, I believe it was May 2020 or 2021, I think. And um, you've spoken up very uh, publicly about that. And uh, when I first heard about that, I was just shocked at first and uh, just thinking like, I certainly hope to God you come out of this and you really have come out of this and you really have shined through since then. Do you remember much mm. from that day where you uh, made a stay in the hospital? Um, I wasn't. So 
it's it's hard to explain. I wasn't put in to a hospital or admitted, but I did have to go to the the Waterford, um, like the the mental health hospital here in St. John's. Um, yeah, I I've always really struggled um, with mental health. I've been I've always been an anxious child. Um, I had a lot of depression issues after bullying. Um, it literally like just everything that I was that I could struggle with it just seemed like I was struggling with from the time I left junior high until the time I was like 19, 20. Um, it was really rough. And then eventually when I, when it came down to like these nights that I would just like be by myself, um, it would, it would get really bad because I would like, qu I would question everything. And, um, I was stressed about music because I, I lost my love for it because I was so sick. Um, I didn't think it would ever come back. I was scared. I wasn't going to be strong enough to continue in music. Um, so I did have to go to, um, the psych hospital and I was, I was like scared. I was ashamed. I was, um, nervous. I didn't want to tell anybody at first, but then, um, it turned into not wanting to tell anybody to telling people so that they understood that that was not, that's not a, a bad thing for you to go. Like if I had broken my arm, I would have went to the health science. So my brain was not doing well. So I went to the Waterford. Um, and I was in the Waterford, like pretty much all night, just like for evaluations and things like that. It was, um, what is the word? Not, not dehumanizing, but definitely just like eye opening, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's the word. Um, and after that, it was just like a really big task of rebuilding myself. I remember I was off of work for weeks. Oh, I, wow. I was in between getting sick physically. I would have to call into work because I just couldn't get out of bed. It was really bad. Um, and then, of course, like I started leaning on alcohol a little bit. And then I um, got sober, started taking therapy more seriously, um, did things like CBT and, and DBT therapy for um, mood disorders and things like that, just to help with the, the amount of like... Um, angst I guess that I was yeah. trying to portray to people um to try and get somebody to to listen and to understand so when I posted that on my on my social media that letter saying this is where I've been um I didn't know if I was going to come back to music when I posted that I was really oh, wow. I was in a really really bad spot yeah when I posted that I I remember posting it and thinking that could be the last thing that I post for my music stuff um I wanted to leave it I wanted to pack it up I was I was really, really exhausted. Um, but music is one of those things that, like I said, when you're born into that and when you're born with that passion, it literally does not go away. And there's nothing you can do that satisfies you the way that performing in music does. And that's just what it came down to. So I got sober and I, I did all the things and I turned back to music. And now music is like more, what is more rewarding than it ever was. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's crazy that you've really been through all that. And you're actually like one year sober as of a couple of weeks ago, which is really, really impressive. And I'm so proud of you that you came out of that because I can't imagine. I mean, of course, I've been through mental health battles myself. Of course, me being on the autism mm -hmm. spectrum and bullied myself going through junior high and high school. Um, I can't imagine what, you know, going through that is like uh, through your context, because that must have been really, really brutal brutal to go through and uh, i'm so happy that you came out of that on the other side and really you know and really using music as like therapy you know help you like get through those tough times and really you know help you become even stronger than ever before
Of course. Yeah. And music is also like, I like to tell people through my music that um, they're not alone when they're, I know it sounds so cliche, but just to tell people that they're not alone feeling those things, it does make the world of a difference. Because when I listen to my favorite musicians like Nessa Barrett, who literally talks about these mental health struggles, just blatant, it, it does help me because I know that she's going through the same things I'm going through and she's Nessa Barrett. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I only hope that people look at me and like, feel that same way. Like if she's capable, I am too. Um, and that's just what I want for people is to understand that they're capable regardless of what your brain does or says. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, I find that phrase, like you're not alone. It does hold more weight when you've actually been through those experiences, because when you say that and you haven't been through those experiences, it does sound cliche, but when you've actually been through them, it's holds a lot more weight and it's more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, getting back to the music for, uh, a moment here um you released your debut ep this fire and it was a more of like a, a rockish kind of vibe and you worked on this with uh chris ledrew who you've also uh mm-hmm. shot some of the photos for the album for and done some press photos with him as well so uh what was your favorite memory about uh recording this album oh my gosh me and chris like still laugh at the memories of creating this album i i couldn't have had a better experience with my first ep truly um like having Chris, Chris has always been like, um, more, more of like a mentor to me than, than anything. Like through this first EP, he taught me a lot about how, how to sing in studio, how to like get my energy into my songs. Um, he played a lot of uh, like a lot of the music on this album. It was just, we had a lot of fun doing that EP and there's so many videos on my phone that like I'll send him if they come up in my memories or something. And it's just hilarious. Like we just had so much fun, um, which was like all that I could have asked for for my first EP. Um, And I love that like we've kept those songs alive. I haven't stopped playing that EP. And um, like I still play pretty much all the songs off that EP. He plays This Fire and Arrow of Love and he released those songs himself. Like I, I just think that that EP brought so much like fun um so yeah i love that we've kept that ep alive because it obviously was like my first big thing like my it was my debut so yeah and i thought that was a really good sound for you there uh for this fire but um of course uh, you made the move to go pop in 2018 so what was the motivating factor or factors uh, that really uh, made you decide uh hey i should go uh, release some pop music now so what was the decision to go pop the decision was let go. Let go did all of that. Um, we wrote that at, once again, a Bell Media songwriter challenge. It was myself and Carla Pilgrim, Daniel Adams, and Andrew Boyd. And we were all in a room. I can picture it like it was yesterday, swinging in my little swingy chair. And I, I'm, originally, let go was called Purple Sun. There's a lyric in there that's that says Purple Sun, and I loved Purple Sun. So it was called that originally. Um, and I just remember like when we performed that at the Jag for like the Bell Media Showcase, um, a lot of people loved it. So it was like being reciprocated. I loved the song. Like it was such a good bop, but I, I was still in my This Fire era. Um, but then Daniel Adams, um, he reached out to me and said like, I would love to record this. We could release it under me. Maybe we we could release it under you featuring Daniel Adams. Like we were just tossing around how we could release it without shocking everybody like with this pop song but then we just chose to shock everybody anyway so we just put (laughs) it out and people loved it like people ate it up and i was stunned and i was so excited um and like a lot of people my age really loved it like i remember when i when i posted that it was going to come out and i was in high school 
um, all of my friends were like, this is such a banger. And it was like the song that we played in the car. Like it was like, let go was my, was my child. Um, and it brought on that pop song. Like once I, once I released a pop song, I was like, so curious about what I could do with pop music. And me and Daniel just kept creating together. Um, and he literally is like the person who got me into pop music. Like Daniel, I love him so much. He doesn't even know how much I love him, but, um, yeah, so once we started with Let Go and we re- we realized how great it sounded and how much people loved it, we just never stopped with the pop music and we loved it. Um, and then obviously I just got to a point where I was like, meh, genres are meh, they don't really matter anyways. I don't care about genres, I really don't. I don't care to release stuff under genres. I mean, I, obviously Hell and High Water is completely different again. Um, and then who knows like what sounds I'll release later this summer. Like I have another single um, that I'm planning to release this summer and... It's like a really good, another really good pop song, but like a low pop song. So I'm just really excited. I just, I just love releasing music that I've written and I don't really care like where it falls <laughs> because I know that it's like, there's something for everyone, you know? Exactly. And pop, you can really go all directions for it. I mean, you can release a pop song, but it has right. some jazz influences, could have some Latin influences. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with Hell or High Water, it's urban influences like the TLC, No Scrubs, um, yeah. Waterfalls kind of vibe too um Mm -hmm. so you can really go either direction with pop music and that's really the beauty about the genre too yeah 100 percent. now of course uh in 2019 you signed a uh, publishing deal with simba of course uh Mm -hmm. when i uh, when me and you were talking about this said congratulations you're on you're with simba and uh you did correct me there and you said yes i signed with simba but i'm still an independent artist so uh that's very Mm -hmm. very important to uh, point out there so uh how important are these uh kind of publishing deals to uh, independent artists like yourself oh my goodness um so after let go it was when um like let go had caught vince's vince's attention and he said from day one that he heard it he just knew that he had to do something with it so when we got in contact i remember he came to st john's and we met and we had supper and it was just all like between me and Vince, it was just always like a really great connection. Mom loved Vince from the minute that we started talking to him. He just always had my best intention at heart, which is what I wanted for my first publishing. Um, but I didn't realize that, the, like before signing a publishing deal, I didn't realize what a difference it would make to to numbers, to audience, to all of those things. Um, so basically what Simba's job is to do is, is to help protect my music um, through licensing and registering and all that kind of stuff. But then to also distribute it um, to syncs like Winona Earp, um, wedding planners, like those shows that I've gotten songs on, that's what Simba does for me. Nice. Um, they're amazing. They work so hard at, at landing me the best things they can do, playlists, shows, movies, whatever it may be. So that's what Simba's, Simba does. And obviously that made a huge leap in my career because when I started getting syncs, um, placements, I saw a huge jump in my Spotify. There was international listeners added to um, Winona Earp playlist because that's a big sci-fi show. There's a huge fan base for that. So any soundtrack, they're like, oh, got to put it in my playlist, you know? So it was just like a domino effect. Um, And Simba's just always been so good setting me up with writers. Like they do that for me. Um, Setting up writing sessions, trying to get me to travel to go and, and write places. Like that's what a publisher's for. And they do an amazing job. Like I could not be happier to than to be with Simba. And um, one of the uh, biggest uh, placements that you had in the past year was for myself, which was on Hockey Night in Canada, which was pretty damn surreal. I got to say to hear your song. I was like, oh, wait, that's Rachel Cousins song for myself. And I just, I didn't yeah. think, cause me and my dad watch Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday night. 
And uh, I yep. basically just looked at him. And I was just like, oh, that's Rachel Cousins. That's her song. Uh, what was it like to get that placement for Hockey Night in Canada? Oh, my God. That was mind blowing. I mean, I, I grew up in a hockey family. Like my dad and my brother are big hockey. Um, Adam's always played hockey like his whole life. So it's always been a part of our household. We have hockey decorations in the household, you know. So um, obviously this was something that the family was tuned into. Um, but that was like. That was a moment where, I mean, I always have them when I'm just standing in front of the TV and I'm watching these shows and then my song is being played in the background, no matter where it is. Um, like, I remember when Wedding Planners played Hope to Bring, I like, I cried. It was like, it's very emotional because, you know, there's, it's on a show, you know, like it's a very surreal moment. Um, but that was crazy. I remember when it was on Hockey Night Canada, that was crazy just because it was like, oh my God, this is something that I've watched like, or been a witness to like my whole life and that my family talks about, and now my song is in it. Like, that's really cool, you know? <laughs> Mind-blowing moment and a pinch-me moment, too. Mind-blowing. Yep. <laughs> like, pinch-me, am I dreaming? Yeah, literally. That's exactly how I felt. Uh, one of your earliest pinch-me moments uh, when you made that decision to go pop was opening up for Serena Ryder at the Iceberg Alley Performance Tent. What was that like for you to open up for someone like Serena Ryder? Oh, my goodness. Um, I have a lot of, like history when it comes to Serena Ryder and what she's done for me in my career. Um, I won a competition when I was really, I think I was like fifth. No, not even. I don't remember how old I was, but I won a competition and I sang with Serena Ryder at the Arts and Culture Center. I sang Please Baby Please with Serena Ryder. And it was like a huge moment for me. I was, I was really young. Um, so it was huge. Like I was singing with Serena Ryder at the Arts and Culture when she had her concert there. And then it was years later. Oh, by the way, she gave me a crystal backstage at that show when I was like, I want to say I was like 13. No way. So she gives me, yeah, so she gives me a crystal and I held onto that crystal like literally up until now. So put that in the back of your mind. So then I get asked to open for her for at Iceberg. So I obviously I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is such a full circle moment. Um, so I remember I bought her a Labradorite necklace because she had given me a crystal. And then before the show, before she went on for her set, I was like, hi, Serena. I said, you might not remember me, but you sang with me like when I was like, you brought me on stage when I was really young. You literally changed my life. She remembered me. And I gave her the Labradorite necklace and she instantly put it on and she wore it on stage for Iceberg Alley. <laughs> That's awesome. And then she shouted me out on stage. She was like, Rachel gave me this Labradorite because I gave her a crystal when she was this age. And then again, it happened at a folk fest where oh, she wow. was singing and I saw her come side stage and I was like, oh my gosh. I said, Serena, like I, I need to like, just tell you how much I love you. Like you've really changed um, the way that I perceive music and all this kind of stuff. And we shared a hug backstage and there's a picture of it somewhere, but we shared a hug and she's just always been like so important to me. Like I remember when I auditioned for the next star, I sang her music because I wanted to sing Serena Ryder's music. So yeah, she's always been like really, really important. I have her CDs love her music. Um, so yeah, obviously you can only imagine how much it meant to me to open up for Serena Ryder and the beaches. Cause I love the beaches too. So yeah, that was a really crazy year for me. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you really capped it all off in 2018 with, uh, the newfound talent contest win. Now I believe you got second place the year before, but to win that competition, um, what was that like for you? Yeah, that was the time that I met Serena Ryder, like again, side stage because I won that competition. So I got to sing on the main stage oh, wow. and that's when I saw Serena Ryder. Yeah. So when I won that competition, I got to sing on the main stage at the Folk Festival. Um, and that was the night that I met Serena Ryder. So literally, it was just like a full oh, circle. Wow. That was amazing. I had so much fun that night. It was it was really incredible to perform on the main stage. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, Darcy got 
third that night. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty crazy because I think he won that fu- that next year too. And uh, look where he's gone huh? to now. I was at his album release right. show, and you were as well. And uh, it's great to see him have his own music out for the first time, um, like in a full album sense, because he's really yeah. good. He's killing it. I think he's going to be like the next Donovan Woods. I love that kid, and he's so talented. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens for Durst. Absolutely. Now, uh, your self-titled EP, which was your first in the pop genre, came out in 2019. Of course, I had songs like Dangerous Love, Hope to Bring, of course, uh, your signature tune, your signature tune, Let Go. Um, what did mm-hmm. that mean to you to have that album out to the public? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I remember like releasing that was really stressful because it was like in the midst of, well, I was on a cruise, I remember, and I was traveling. So I did Live at Heart in Sweden. And it was all of this time I was like doing promo, pushing all of this stuff for this EP. I was really stressed because I was releasing um, like my my self-titled EP. I was away from home, traveling, busy, time differences, like all of that stuff. Um, and I literally released that song while I was on a cruise, like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, like the, the album dropped. Wow. Um, and I remember being so, like, I was so proud of that EP. I still am proud of it. I'm not talking past tense for a reason. I'm oh, no. still so, so proud of it myself and Daniel, like we loved that EP, loved creating it. Um, yeah, I like, I loved everything about that album, the promo afterwards, like that album just meant a lot to me. And I remember when I, um, like the day that it dropped my post on Instagram, I just, it was like a lot of gratitude because, you know, it was like my first pop EP and I knew that I was going into this like next chapter of my life. So I think that's why that EP is so important to me. Absolutely. Now, of course, uh, 2020 was a really rough year for all of us, and especially for the music scene, because COVID-19 happened and it shut everything down. I mean, COVID-19 is no longer the emergency it once was, but back in 2020, it was brutal. I mean, I lost my job around that time, around September of 2020. But um, one of the highlights, uh, and there, there, to many people, there's like very few highlights of the COVID-19 pandemic. But one of the highlights for you was taking part in the Songs From Home project. So uh, that consisted of yourself, The Once, The Fortunate Ones, Alan Doyle. And that was a really, really big project for you. And uh, that was really the brainchild of Alan Doyle, just getting like, okay, we're not touring, we're not having shows. Let's all record an album together. Oh, the Ennis Sisters were part of that as well. And uh, you yeah. recorded a six-song EP, which, of course, included uh, It's Okay and a Song on the Record. So how did you get involved with the Songs From Home project? Yeah, so um, I remember when Music NL put out that grant saying, you know, like, that it was to help people during COVID, um, to help musicians be able to release music or release projects, whatever they needed to do, um, like a relief fund. I remember um, Alan instantly jumped on that like him and his team did and I remember he just he literally just texted me and said like I have this idea do you want to be a part of it um and then it was just like all of the emails and getting everybody together on like a on a group thread on an email um and then we just all started talking and it was like I was so excited to be a part of that I genuinely think that that project was one of the things that got me through COVID I think without that project I would have been a lot more miserable oh yeah um but yeah, that was like, it was amazing just being able to like hang out with, with that group of people specifically. I'm like, lucky me, I don't get to see many people, but I get to see the fortunate ones and the Anna sisters and Alan and the once. And so it was, it was great. <laughs> um, I'm like, I remember being in Alan's house recording the crowd vocals for It's Okay. And it was just a really, really great experience. And writing song on the record with Alan was another great experience. And then the concert for it, like the live concert for that, um, for that EP, like after COVID 
we had that whole show with the yellow belly. That was like incredible too. It was a really hard year. It was like, um, I struggled in between all of the like processes of that, but it was just so worth it. Like that EP is so special to me and I still listen to it. It's okay. Cause I find it so comforting. So. Yeah. And it was really comforting at the time too. And it, it still is today because, uh, we're all going through our own battles, but, uh, in the end, at the end of the day, it's okay. Yeah. Right. For sure. Now, um, 2022 was a very big year for you. Of course, uh, we all came out of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, of the emergency phase. Of course, we still deal with COVID these days, but, um, again, it's not what it was back in 2020 because 2020 was a very brutal year for all of us. Yep. But, um, or came out in 2022 and, um, that was a very, very solid uh, pop record. Um, some really great songs on there. Of course, uh, I mentioned Aftermath, Love Language, uh, For Myself, which we had that Hawking Night in Canada sync placement. Um, tell me more about that album and why that is so important to you, uh, that album, Aura. I always say that Aura, the reason I even called it Aura was because I wanted this album to, to encapsulate my aura, to encapsulate me as a person my heartbreaks, my flailing and falling and my getting up again and just all of that stuff. I just wanted it to be encased. So even the track list, like on aura, it goes in order of like a story. Like I'll literally just pull it up here now. Um, sure. And Daniel was the mastermind behind that. Um, so all of the songs are listed in the order of a story, like of like falling in love and then the, the struggles of being in love and then getting out of love. And um, so like, don't look at me. It, there's a reason that it's like close to the end of the thing. So yeah, like everything is just like chronologically done, like in, in terms of like a story. Um, so that, yeah, I just really wanted this to be like a very personal, um, very just me. Like I just wanted it to sound like me and feel like me. And, and that's what we did. Like, even with the visuals, I just wanted it to, to be colorful and just show like my colors peeled back, that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I fell in love with Aura. She's my baby. <laughs> and um this next song that you're gonna be uh that we have out right now which we're gonna play uh right after this conversation of course you released hell or high water and of course uh that's uh the next single which i believe you're gonna be working on another album too uh you're gonna be working on this with uh two-time grammy award-winning producer greg wells of course you worked on this tune of course uh with your longtime uh, producer daniel adams uh tell me a bit more about hell or high water and uh, a bit more of the vibe you were trying to go for here yeah, so Helen High Water was written with Jordan Best and Pepina. They're two Toronto-based artists, so I wrote this online with them. Um, absolutely fell in love with the vibe of the song. It was written like a year ago, so it's been sitting around for a little bit. Um, but then me and Daniel just like, you know, going through things that we could work with, and we found Hell or High Water, so um, we, we got in touch with Jordan because Jordan Best composed this song. So it's like he produced it first before it was gone over to Daniel. Okay. Um, yeah. So Jordan Best did a wonderful um, job with this song and then we handed it over to Daniel and then Daniel um, did more production on it. We did the vocals, all that kind of stuff. Um, but literally from the moment that the song was starting to be like, was right beginning to be written. Um, it was always like the 2000s R&B kind of vibe, which I really like. I think that it like complements the lyric content really well, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah I really like the vibe of Helen Highwater. And uh, of course, uh, I mentioned uh, Greg Wells. Of course, he is the proprietor and owner of Silly Cove Records. Of course, that's out of Trinity Hall in Winterton. I was there um, back in May and it's a beautiful location. And I'm very impressed with what they were able to do because I was first there in December of 2022 and uh, it was just 
bare bones, nothing really put in there yet. They were just putting it together. Uh, and then May 2022, uh, May 2023, I should say, when I, when we came back there, uh, very, very impressed on the work that they've done. So uh, how did the opportunity with Silly Cove Records uh, come together? Because I know you played the uh, grand opening, but um, how did it all uh, come together in the first place? Yeah, so um, Ryan Gates, who's like a big part of everything that's going on out there, he's an absolute mastermind and and he does everything with Silly Cove and with the Trinity Hall. He's um, always been really, really supportive. And so he asked me to do the opening. Um, absolutely loved doing that. I fell in love with the space just from being out there just for that opening. And then he asked me to do a headlining show. I remember I met Greg at the opening too. So that was the first time I had ever spoken to Greg was at the opening. Um and then he asked me to do my own show, like the headlining show out there, which was sold out, which was amazing. It was the first show that they've done out there, like the first ticket sell that they've done out there. And it sold out. I had three wonderful girls from out there open for me. So the whole thing was just like, it just went over really, really well. Um, and I honestly just think like, well, from the moment I met um, Greg, he was like just very, very genuine. I knew that, like I could tell that he's just like a mastermind, but doesn't let anybody know that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we, we just talked, we had a great genuine conversation. And then, um, literally it was just like more conversation between myself and my mom and Ryan and Greg, where it was just like, do you want to, like Greg said, do you want to make an album together? And of course I was like, I could never say no to Duh. that. Cause that's like an opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> um, I'm so excited just to even work by him, like just to work next to him and like pick his brain and get to write together and, and make music together. Like, I think it's going to be really, really great. Um, so yeah, like just more conversations. I, I signed with Silly Cove for that album. Um, so yeah, after this, like after these few individual releases this summer, I'm going to be in full writing recording mode for that album. And, um, Greg and I will be working out in the Trinity Hall space and hopefully going to LA a little bit as well. So it's really exciting for sure. And, um, how lucky are we to have someone like Greg Wells come to the, to our province and want to record music here as well. I mean, uh, me and Daniel Adams, believe it or not, we're talking about this uh, a few months ago and uh, how like um, he was trying to promote uh, his uh, master class. And I believe uh, there was a Facebook group called Newfoundland Musicians. Um, I don't know if that's the official name, but um, one of the groups didn't want to allow it on the page. But we were just flabbergasted at the fact that it wasn't on there because, yes, when we talk about like Newfoundland and Labrador music, we talk about how like we want to create this honor island right here no outside help whatsoever but this guy like this um producer uh who's worked on the likes of uh worked with the likes of carrie underwood and michael buble and uh, aerosmith and he's offering to help out the music scene and help it grow how can you say no to that yeah he has a lot of of faith and like he fell in love i think with like the music i'm not i'm not putting words in his mouth but literally oh, no. just from what he has said um he says that like he there's a lot more here than what people think there is. Like the the music community here is rich, um, as well as as tourism and creativity in general, and like the arts culture in Newfoundland is rich anyways. So he I remember him saying that he was like very taken aback by how much talent there was. Obviously, he worked with Kelly, which thank God because I can only imagine the music that they created together. Oh my I God! Because I know that it's going to be like out of the ballpark amazing. Yep. Um. So I think I think it's so exciting that he came here helped like put all of this Trinity back together, which people out there are so happy about anyway. So that was just one big project. But then for him to be nice enough to say like, damn, there's really good talent here. Let me help you. Let me bring it out of just this Island. Let me showcase it. 
I think that's amazing. Like, that's just like, that's just like selfless in a way. Like it's, you're, mm-hmm. you know, like just boosting up other people for the sake of doing that. I just think that it's really beautiful. So I'm really excited to work together. I think it's going to be really great. 1000% on that. And uh, just the roster that they've uh, put together. I mean, of course, um, Claire Follett's working there now as a producer and engineer. I mean, Fairgill's yep. working on an album with them. Summer Bennett, who, I mean, Greg has put a lot of stock into Summer there. But um, to have the likes of yourself and Summer and Fairgill uh, to record albums with, it's a massive deal for this province. And I think this will probably make the strongest the scene has ever been. Because when I look at the mm-hmm. peak of Newfoundland and Labrador music, I look back in the 1990s when it came to um, these big names like Kim Stockwood and Daphne Doyle and Ron Hines and Great Big right. C and the Irish Descendants, all signing major label deals. And then these days yeah. you don't really see... Uh, artists like yourself and quote the raven fortunate ones and alan doyle are the exceptions because they signed with sonic and uh universal music but you don't really see artists especially like yourself signing with these big labels because um you really do want to have like that creative freedom to create whatever you want 100 percent. and i think the reason i'm so excited about this project too is that i know that there will be none of my my creative freedom or my liberty will be taken away from me in this project like this is going to be if anything good for like better for me like it won't be which is really like that's another thing you got to be cautious of so it's even better that we have the right people doing it here you know what i'm saying like for the right intentions and the right reasons um so yeah i'm really i'm so grateful that i like met ryan and greg because i'm really excited to do some work together and uh we also gotta give credit to music and l where it's due as well i mean um the work that Rhonda and sarah and mariana and also missing david shears which he was through uh through when music and l like bottomed out in 2019 and had it resurrected to its uh former and you know current glory right now um that Uh they deserve a lot of credit as well oh my goodness of course like every time i see Rhonda, i just literally want to kiss her feet i'm like you're just doing amazing (laughs) with everything like i don't even i don't like she's you know i think it's like even better when people don't realize how much they're appreciated in the music scene like i know that she knows that she's doing a lot for people but she doesn't know how much she's doing for people like she really turned this thing around um dave shears another literally like he's been so good um and sarah like how great is it that like these are also like friends like these are like friends of ours you know what i'm saying and they're like helping us in our careers it's just i don't know it's a really lovely thing i really like where we are with everything right now i think that we're i think newfoundland's doing great for music absolutely and um i'm just gonna ask this straight away um what is it gonna feel like for you to work with uh someone with the uh profile of greg wells Oh my goodness. I mean, like the first feeling that I want to say is like nervous, but then even more so it's excitement because I just know that there's like a whole plethora of things that I have not yet heard, like sounds or been taught yet. And it'll be things that like he can teach me because he's worked with people like Adele and like these people that I love. Oh my God. Um, Right. It's crazy. So, so the fact that like, we'll be working on like my lyrics and my words and my things together, I think it's going to be really, really good. And I'm just really excited um, not only to like release it and have new music out, but just for like that experience. I'm really excited for it. That's wonderful. And uh, by the time that this does air, you have already have uh, done a few shows with Kelly Loader. You've already had your show at the battery cafe. Um, and uh, so what are opportunities are uh, coming your way uh, over the next uh, month or so, Rachel? Yeah. So, I mean, the next thing is that I'll be at the Garrick theater um doing a songwriter circle with the likes of justin fancy and um and all of those like amazing people um so i'm doing that songwriter circle on august 5th with reuben rake 
Caroline and uh, well, Caroline East and Justin Fancy. So that's going to be really, really good. I'm really excited for that. I haven't been out to the Garrick Theater now in, in quite a while, um, but I love playing shows out there and I'm going to make a little trip of it anyway. So I'm really excited to do that. Um, but yeah, besides that, I'll definitely be close to releasing another single by the time this is out. So yeah, that'll be something. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, you mentioned Bonavista too. Um, Bonavista has really, uh, you know, bounced back because when I was out there in 2009, I think it was like 13 at the time. Um, it was pretty yeah. much a ghost town, but ever since the Garrick opened up, it's boomed. Oh yeah. It's, it's so beautiful out there. I love playing the Garrick too. It's like a beautiful venue. And for people who want to keep up uh, with you uh, on your journey uh, with your music and where you're going to be playing next, uh, where can they go? Um, my website is rachelcousinsmusic.com and all of my social media is Rachel Cousins Music. So you can find everything you like under there. And my name on all streaming platforms is just Rachel Cousins. Well, uh, I can't wait to play this new song, Hell or High Water. And I'm super happy for you. And, uh, you know, going through all the mental health battles that you've had and to really come out on the other side uh, stronger than ever. And really, you know, I think we're, we really still haven't seen the best version version of Rachel Cousins yet, but uh, I think right now you're exactly where you should be. And um, I cannot wait to see what you uh, got coming up over the next uh, month or so. And especially where you're going to be have over the next year working with Greg Wells. So uh, congratulations on all your success, Rachel. And thank you so much for joining me on the Musical Connections podcast. You have a wonderful day. And uh, all the best to you uh, in the year ahead. Thank you so much, Zach. I really appreciate it. It's always a great chat. That is Rachel Cousins on Next to Connect this week. And here's a brand new tune for you on the Musical Connections podcast. This is Hell and High Water. Does it have to be this way? Sacrificing just to stay I'm supposed to be all good Not having all this deja vu We've been through all this before Thought we closed all of these doors Let me live and let me be Cause he's been so good to me Your intentions mess me up Why can't you just let me love? No, you can't just let me Just let me love You hit my Lana 
37 of Musical Connections. Huge thank you to Rachel Cousins for joining me on Next to Connect this week, and to all the musicians who contributed for newfound releases as well. If you want to be a guest or would like to contribute new music for newfound releases, simply email me, musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. New episodes of Musical Connections drop every Tuesday at 12 noon on Apple, Spotify, RSS feeds, and wherever you get your podcast. Well, of course, I mentioned before that um, in two weeks' time, we're going to have with Violet on the show. But next week, we're going to be having Dave Connors, also known as Sarcastodon, on the show. We're going to talk to him all about his brand new EP, Blood Moon. And in two weeks' time, of course, on the 22nd of August, we're going to be having Pete and Spence from With Violet as they talk about their brand new album, Saturday Nights In. Thank you so much for connecting once again this week. I've been your host of Musical Connections, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, safe home.